Hey guys, this is Caitlin Pyle, founder of ProofreadAnywhere.com, and this is Act Local Marketing for Small Business. Act Local Marketing for Small Business, episode 156. And there's no stopping us right now. I feel so close to you right now. Welcome to Act Local Marketing for Small Business with your host, Caitlin Amadio. Kaylin helps smart, savvy, and motivated business owners like you kick it up a notch online, even if you've tried and been disappointed before, or technology just isn't your thing. Act Local will leave you with more ideas, more understanding, and more knowledge about why and how harnessing the internet gives you the power to bring your business to the next level. Whether you need help with online media, social media, video, or mobile marketing, Act Local will guide you into the 21st century with easy tips, tricks, and techniques that get your local business seen and heard. Each week, Kaylin features a new tip you can use today, as well as a range of guest experts who are passionate about helping local business owners thrive. And now here's your host, digital media maven, Kaylin Amadio. Hey now, welcome to Act Local Marketing for Small Business. This is episode 156, and I am the boomer gal, Kaylin Amadio. On every episode of Act Local Marketing, I give you a strategy that I call today's takeaway, where you will receive at least one action item that you could walk away with right now. And if you begin to implement it, it's going to help you grow your business. And of course, I also invite every week a guest expert to help you with some aspect of your business. And today I've invited a woman who has found the key to online success beginning with a startup in 1993. She's here to share her media secrets. So stay tuned. Now, here's a topic we haven't discussed in quite a while. The value of a customer. Do you know the monetary value of a customer in your business? I mean, we know in a, in a non-financial way, right? Our customers are absolutely everything. They're highly valuable and they're, they're worth the continued efforts to build deeper relationships with. But from a, a strictly black and white on the ledger business definition, I want you to put that hat on. What is the value of of a customer? It's a good question. You really should know the answer to. So let's uh, get to today's takeaway. This is the promised action item that I told you about that I want you to take a listen to, take it with you, put it in your pocket, consider it because it's going to help you grow your business. Here it is. To make this task a little easier, why not start with representative customers that meet your customer persona profiles. We've talked about customer personas uh, several times, so I'll leave it to you to look up uh, episodes about customer personas if you're not sure what I'm talking about. But look through your financials and start a spreadsheet that can help you organize the data on these various customers of yours, how much they have spent with you and how often. Get a yearly average of their purchases. And it If you haven't done a customer persona yet, so you don't know what I'm talking about with customer persona, think of your best customers. Your best customers, say the top 10% or the top 20% of your customers, and 
um, the personality of some of those customers. You'll find that some of them are very similar, and that is the persona that I'm talking about. There's, there's much more to it than that, but for purposes of what we're talking about right now, think about who your best customers and what they are like, everything about them, right? Now, there are formulas that you can search online to help you get various levels of customer value. There's actual mathematical formulas. One common acronym is CLV, and that stands for Customer Lifetime Value. So there's a formula you can look up for that. You may also find it called LCV for Lifetime Customer Value. Switched it up a little bit. LTV is Lifetime Value. It's a prediction of the net profit that you can attribute to the future relationship with that customer. Whichever, no matter which formula you use, which acronym, that's the point. You're calculating, you're predicting for future cash flow and projection for the future of your business, the net profit that can be attributed to that future relationship that you're building with that particular customer profile, that customer persona that you've identified that's an ideal kind of customer for you. So these are useful numbers to have for planning for cash flow projections, as I mentioned, and for setting your marketing budgets so you can reach more of those same types of people. So your takeaway is to determine the monetary value of your best customers. It's really a task worth doing. You can feel free to drop me a line to ask at actlocalmarketing.com and I can help point you toward more resources that can help you make your, uh, figure out your customer's value. And don't think of it as a bad thing. You know, you're not turning them into a number. It's just that they are a very important part of a larger equation that is your business and how you keep your business thriving. Now, that's today's takeaway. Please connect with me. You can find me on all the social media, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn. You know the drill. And uh, have your social media followers check out Act Local Marketing. Please tell them about it. You can subscribe to the podcast. Leave me a review on iTunes. Uh, I almost said iReview. iReview on iTunes. They should start calling them that, I think. iReviews. They'll help me get noticed so that I can get more uh, busy business owners and baby boomers who are my target market some information so that they can grow their businesses and we can expand this economy. So now it's time for a short break, but when we get back, my guest Carrie Hartunian-Smith is here and she's stepping to the front of the room. So stay tuned. I feel so close to you right now. Axe Local is the place where busy entrepreneurs like you gain more ideas, more understanding, and more knowledge about why and how harnessing the Internet gives them the power to bring their business to the next level. Kaylin returns after a short break with more strategies and techniques to develop your inner warrior. We'll be right back. Ag Local fans, this is Kaylin Amadio, and I have an exciting announcement. Today, October 7th, 2014, I'm launching a new podcast to celebrate the realization of a dream. You've heard me speak often on Act Local about the book I've been writing. 
Well, that book is becoming a reality. I have a contract to publish The Boomer's Ultimate Guide to Social Media. Soon, baby boomers everywhere will have all my strategies and guidelines in one swell book that'll help them build a map to social media success. To help promote The Boomer's Ultimate Guide to Social Media and subsequent books in this series, I've put together The Boomer's Ultimate Guide podcast, where boomers like me and like you can come together to learn, share, and grow a thriving business and a vibrant life. This podcast is 30 minutes in length and comes in both audio and video formats. I interview guest experts on business, finance, health, wellness, longevity, food, sex, dating, and more. You don't want to miss this next chapter in my life because I'm going to help you live yours more fully. Check out Boomer's Ultimate Guide Podcast. So close to you right now. Welcome to Act Local, marketing for small business with your host, Kaylin Amadio. Kaylin helps smart, savvy, and motivated business owners like you kick it up a notch online, even if you've tried and been disappointed before, or technology just isn't your thing. Act Local will leave you with more ideas, more understanding, and more knowledge about why and how harnessing the internet gives you the power to bring your business to the next level. And now here's your host, digital media maven, Kaylin Amadio. This is Kaylin Amadio, and you are listening to Act Local Marketing for Small Business, and I want to introduce you to this week's wonderful guest. Please meet Carrie Hartunian-Smith. She brings a wealth of experience and tremendous passion when it comes to impacting businesses like yours. Her success began shortly after joining a startup media company back in 1993, which is forever ago now in uh, internet terms. Now, she was helping grow the business from a $60,000 a month uh, revenue concern to finishing that first year in business with $7 million. The company had explosive growth uh, each year after that. Now, after selling that media company in 2007, Carrie was asked to stay on with the new organization to be an integral part of their aggressive growth strategy, acquiring five media companies in just under two years. Today, fast forward, Carrie works with business owners and entrepreneurs like you to develop accelerated growth strategies in highly competitive industries. She creates and executes strategic growth plans, directing integrations and marketing automation, as well as manages projects and establishes benchmarks for success. Her expertise in fostering winning cultures, increased productivity, and reducing costs in mission-driven environments are just a few of her recognized talents. And we're going to find out some more right now. Carrie, welcome to Act Local Marketing. Thanks, Kaylin. I'm happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Thank you for taking time. I always appreciate it when a guest is willing to spend some time with, with me and my audience. And when I meet someone for the first time, I like to collect their entrepreneurial journey. So I just uh, read a, a bio, you know, a, mm-hmm. a brief bio to people to tell them a little bit about you. But uh, fill in a few of the details for us. How did you come to be doing what you're doing now? 
Sure. So um, as you mentioned in the bio in 93, I started a meetup, uh, started a media company. It was a family run business. Um, and honestly, I had no idea at the time um, it was direct response. I had no idea what direct response was, what it meant. Um, and I got a crash course pretty quick, um, just alone with the growth that we had. Um, and we were responsible for, uh, we were the middleman, if you will, between advertisers with the product or the show and the TV stations or the uh, cable networks, national, regional, oh, and local cable okay. networks. Okay. Um, yeah. And then it branched off as, as we, as we had explosive growth, we actually branched off into having some of our own products. Um, you know, and this is back in the days when, you know, it was uh, the Popeil pasta maker or the, you know, the, you know, George Foreman grill, uh, right. Tybo, those sorts of things. Um, and so when our company sold in 2007, I was asked to stay on. And um, what a great experience that was uh, because we went from this high performing, I'm going to say mom and pop, respectively, uh, family run media company to, you know, overnight, a, a, a legitimate VC backed corporation, right. um, acquiring all these different companies. And what was so neat about that experience is we were buying like minded companies. So they're all family owned businesses um, that complemented what we did. So you know, I was able to dip my toe into, you know, not just long form, but short form ministry sales, um, unwired network. I was responsible for building an unwired network for a period of time. And, um, it really helped round out my, um, first 14 years of being in the media and, and direct response business. Wow. That's, uh, quite an experience. Yeah, it was fun. And, you know, like I said, I'll never forget, um, when I first started, you know, I didn't know, you know, I don't even think I knew to me, TV was you went and turned it on. And back in those days, there was no remote control. You know, you, <laughs> you kind of pulled the lever, you know, and, and, uh, um, to get your TV on. And, and so it was, I went from really a retail background, um, brick and mortar retail background into this world. So I had absolutely no experience and it was the time of my life. I spent 18 years doing that. That is um, interesting. I always tell people after I hear their entrepreneurial journeys, there's that there's a common thread you know, mm -hmm. that runs through all of them. But it's so fascinating to me to get to hear some of the the details about how people got to be doing what they're doing. You know, the human the human factor of it and those stories are always so interesting to me. So thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Now we're gonna uh, we're gonna talk to the audience today about some marketing. Clearly, that's the whole point yes. of Act Local Marketing. <laughs> and you and I were talking before uh, we started recording the interview about exactly what we were going to uh, be going over. And I know you feel very strongly about a topic called that you call client value optimization. Yes. Right? Yeah. So I think we need to define that for people and um, start to, to give them a clue to pull them in so they can see how it's going to be valuable within their own business. Mm -hmm. Yeah, great. So if you don't mind, I'd like to start with a, a story, um, you know, just to kind of pre preframe um, the this client value optimization. Sure. Um, you know, back in the day, you know, in the 90s and, and early, I'll say pre-internet days, um, you know, there was brand advertising, which when I thought of brand advertising, I thought of, you know, Madison Avenue, um, you know, high dollar Pepsi, Coca-Cola ads right. um, that was way out of my reach. You know, I was just doing direct response. And back in the day, we, you know, we were 
considered the back of the bus. You know, stations would only talk to us um, if they needed to fill a budget, you know, or, or reach their budget, fill a half hour, fill a time period. And so we weren't really respected. I mean, it, we, we weren't the fancy, you know, glitzy Madison Avenue advertisers out there. Um, and slowly but surely what we've seen and it has all to do with where we are with technology, is that if companies are just focusing on brand and not focusing on that direct response component, they're, they're really not going to, you know, be as successful. You know, I, I guess I could go as far as to say is they're, they're, they'll go broke. But, you know, let's just say that they're not going to be as successful as they can. Right. Technology has, has caused everything to be so interactive. Now. Right. It, it's right. almost hard to remember pre-internet exactly. days. And I yeah. know it, I definitely lived through them, but it, mm -hmm. it's such a pervasive part of the way we live every day yep. that it's yep. really hard to remember not having it. It's so true. And, you know, direct response has been around since the 80s. And when the Internet did come around, we being in the direct response world were freaked out that we were going to become the dinosaur. Because who is going to need to watch TV to, you know, to buy the product? But, you know, it just changed like anything else. When, when we adopt technology, things change. And call to actions no longer were, you know, 1-800, but the call to actions are go to this website, go to my Facebook page, you know, go here, go there, which only, um, you know, enhance the experience, if you will, for direct response. But back in the old days, you know, um, direct response products didn't have the best best uh, name, if you will. You know, they kind of were, oh, that product doesn't work and what have you. So as we just talked about, these worlds, thank goodness, in my opinion, have really come together and, and crossed over and merged. And what's important to do now is take the concept of brand advertising that worked and still works and the concept of a direct response that did work and still does work and blend those together. And what was happening in the direct response world is, um, and it was designed this way. It was, you know, Hey, buy my stuff. You know, we were in your face, quick, fast, and furious and buy my stuff right now. And if you do it in the next 10 minutes and you still see these commercials, you know, you'll yes. get that free set of steak knives right, or we'll right. double your offer. And, and that creates the urgency and, and that's okay. That's still there. Um, but what happened is people got numb to it. You know, it was, I don't even know who you are and you want me to buy your stuff. And the, I don't know exactly when this happened, but the shift happened where people are investigating and researching you and your product before they ever even buy you, which right. again, that has to do with the, the technology that we have. Yeah, it has and so to do with, really, with the access to information that we have. There, there's some, I, I won't remember the statistic exactly, but it's something around... 70% that people yes. have they're like that far down a traditional sales funnel before they ever actually talk to the company or a salesperson. Yeah. You know, you as the business owner, they've already made a lot of decisions because they have access to so much information. Yep. That's, and I think you're right on. It's either, it's right around 70. I, I know that same statistic that you're talking about, yeah. but yeah, absolutely. So, you know, so what do we do now? You know, how, how do we leverage the tools that we have to, you know, have thriving businesses? And, you know, the CVO concept is, is just that, is um, how to create value and optimize that with our prospects, converting them into long-lasting, loyal client base. Right. Um, 
you know, and to build a relationship, we can do a couple things. We can, you know, make people laugh with our advertising. We can pull that emotional, make them cry, you know, make them feel something. Um, we can make them feel a part of something, you know, being authentic. But to me, what I've seen is the, the one that gets the quickest ROI, if you will, is being able to deliver value in advance before you ever ask for the sale. And oftentimes when I talk to especially local marketers, um, it's like, what, what, what? You right. want me to do something for, that's exactly, for what? <laughs> that's exactly what I was going to say. I was going to stop you and say, there are so many, especially when they're older, a lot of my audience, part of my branding, right? My marketing mm-hmm. is I'm a baby boomer mm-hmm. and I deal with a lot of uh, baby boomers. So, and, and even older people who are beyond, you know, the boom, they especially really do not get that concept of giving something away for nothing. Right. It really, it troubles them deeply. It does. It does. So we have to get creative with it. Okay. So when I say give something away for free, it doesn't mean you have to give your core offer. You know, that's jargon for, you know, what really makes your, everyone who's listening to this has that core offer in their business. It's they know they have to sell X amount of this one thing to make their numbers work. So I'm not talking about giving away that core offer, but the reality is this, there's three ways to grow a business, you know, to increase the number of customers that you have, which is, you know, getting more customers. It's increasing the average transaction value per per customer. So getting your customers to spend more and then increasing the number of transactions per customer or having your customers buy more frequent, frequently from you. Right. And I, and I just, I want to stop you for one second and point out, um, what I, what I was talking about in my opening, Mm-hmm. Uh, to bef- before the interview was the fact that you need data and numbers to be able to make decisions, right? Yes. In in your marketing, yes, and absolutely all these things that Carrie just talked about. If your eyes were glazing over a little bit because you don't like <laughs> you don't like to think about that kind of stuff, it's really important. Like I like I said last time. When it comes to money, you do this all the time. You analyze stuff when there's a dollar sign in front of the number. But your marketing is no different. You need some, and it doesn't have to be a ton of data. depends on how big your business is. But you do need to have some hard facts and some real numbers um, so that you know what decisions to make, right? And all mm-hmm. and these three things that, that Carrie just rattled off very easily you know if you don't know what any of those are you've got to you got to go back you got to slow down and write those down and and figure out what's going on i think people who have a a product or tend to uh, fall into the category where they know all those numbers far more mm-hmm. when they have a tangible product but people who sell services often don't want to look at things that way and then they get a little lost and we don't want them to be lost. We want them to be successful. Yeah. And I will tell you, I'm I'm glad you um, paused on that point to drive it home a little more, but this works for service and Mm product-based. So um, I'm a service-based company, you know? And so, um, you know, I, I like to see if we can take service-based companies and create a small product. So you're not building your business around yourself, but around, you know, kind of making money while you sleep with having a product. But even if you never do that, this works very well with product-based businesses as well. Okay. 
And I'm sorry I interrupted you. No, no, that's great. <laughs> Do that. All you know, I'm, I'm, you know, your audience is great. So I, I want to make sure that we uh, that we spend the time on the points that you feel necessary. Right, right. So what I'd like to do is just kind of run down the, the the seven points of what customer value optimization optimization looks like and then kind of unpack each one of them quickly um to to give more information if, if you're okay going that route yes, that, that um, would be great so it's a it's a is it a process we're going to go through or- yeah you know it's it's to look at yes it's, there there are seven points if you will that really touches upon those three uh how you can get your three three different types of um customers if you will okay. the, the acquiring more having them spend more money um, and having them buy more of what they're spending. If, right. If that okay. makes sense. Yeah. Okay. So, um, you know, the first and foremost, and like I said, I'll unpack each one of these here in a second, but is to really determine, um, the product and the market fit, you know, back in my direct response days, we used to joke, people would come in to do a 30 minute infomercial and we'd have to really scrutinize that product to say, will it work on TV? And we turned more people away than we could do the product because, um, the net that we had to cast with TV time was such a wide net, but with where we are with media, meaning online media, you can cast that narrow net for your market. Mm-hmm. Having said that, it's still really important to make sure that there is a market for what your product or service is. And there's different criteria to, um, you know, to flush that out. Then, of course, you want to choose your traffic source. Okay, so how are you going to um, speak to these people? And your traffic source could be Facebook. It could be Instagram. It could be Twitter. It could be blogs. It could be email marketing. Um, I consider all of those traffic sources. Mm-hmm. Then we talk about the next step is offering a lead magnet. Now, this is that free thing that we talked about early on. Yeah, Um, giving something away for nothing. A value, right, exactly. Then we move into a tripwire. And when we go from a lead magnet to a tripwire, that is a small step in a relationship with someone. They're like, okay, I just got something for free from you. This person, I'm following them. They have some some good stuff there. you know, I'll, I'll, I'll spend a little bit of money and we'll talk about tripwire more here in a second. And then that tripwire leads them to the core product, which we talked about a little while ago. And then these are the next two parts of this, I think are, when I look at companies, these are the two that are missed the most. Okay. And that's your, your profit maximizer, which is what is the upsell um, for your core offer. And then people don't spend a lot of time creating that return path for that customer to come back and buy again or buy more. So let's unpack that first step. So, you know, most important is select that correct market. Um, you know, you need to look, is your market big enough? Um, there's a list of determinants that you can, you know, look at looking at Google, um, active blogs, what the, you know, what Facebook pages are out there. And I, I actually have a list of this. So later, um, when before we close out, I'm happy to uh, offer that up to the audience. Okay. Um, and then, you know, is there money in that market? You know, um, <laughs> you know, you can. This have a- is always the hard thing because people, you know, especially entrepreneurs, they come up with ideas all the time. Yeah. And a lot of times, the you know, the people you surround yourself with might have have similar thoughts to you. You know, they might mm-hmm. be very similar to you. And you all might think something's a great idea, but that doesn't mean the rest of the world does or that there's a market for it. 
Yeah. And with where we are with today with technology, is it so much easier to find out if there's money in that market? You know, you need to look at your direct competition as well as your indirect competition. You can go out there. Um, and I don't know how often you talk about affiliate offers, but are there affiliate offers that complement what you do? Right. Um, you know, what are the gurus in, in that industry or niche? What are they doing? You know, what about e-commerce? You know, can you look at that? So, um, again, technology is a great thing and it helps us um, solidify if, if, if it's a, the right market to be in. So once you choose your market... Um, you know, where your product is going to work best in, then it's about choosing your best traffic source. And again, traffic source being LinkedIn, uh, uh, if you're more B2B or Twitter, Facebook, blogs. Um, and what I would tell you is this, is there are over 70 different possible channels for people online to create a business. And I don't know, and you, you probably know this too, Kaylin, is that you can go to someone's website and they have a whole string of social media icons up at the top and then you start clicking on them and they have, you know, four followers, you know, a hundred followers, maybe another one has a thousand, but it's not about in this area, I would say less is more. Um, I'm not against building up as many platforms as you can, but I would pick one or pick two where your audience is and you know they are and build that up the best. And then that's where you're going to want to deploy this um, CVO, this this funnel, if you will, into that audience. That, um, that is a great idea. You, you might not be aware that because you and I don't know each other, but I wrote a book that came out in, uh, when did it come out? I guess the end of March, beginning mm -hmm. of April with Maven House Press, and it's called uh, The Boomer's Ultimate Guide to Social Media Marketing, which mm -hmm. uh, everyone should know. You can still go get it <laughs> your, at your favorite bookstore. They, they still have it on the shelves. Thank you very much. <laughs> or on your favorite online bookseller. But mm -hmm. um, I outline for people, I, I try to simplify it. You know, I don't want 70 channels. I simplified it down to the six most popular um, social media platforms and whether or not you're a B2C or you're a B2B. And what Carrie's talking about is taking the, the map that I'm giving you in this travel guide, this book that I've written, and now you're going to apply your client value optimization within the, those particular traffic sources that I've helped yeah. you identify and build a, a marketing action plan around and map around. Yeah. Great. Uh, congratulations. And you know, um, I would say that people try to do this organically without trying to pay for traffic, um, which the day, and I don't know how you feel about this, Kaylin, but you know, the days of, or, of, or strictly sticking to organic traffic to be your way to, you know, capture clients or prospects is slow go, you know, yes, in this day is. and age. Yeah. With where we are and how much you can spend on Facebook for an ad, you know, I would say, you know, don't go crazy, but test it, you know? So, the point is, is you're going to want to use these channels um, to put these ads together and drive them into this CVO funnel where you're, and that's what we're going to get into here in a second is where we create. So the third step would be create a lead magnet. Now a lead magnet. Yeah. Here's a real official for people yeah. so that they understand it. <laughs> here's a real official Webster dictionary <laughs> definition. It's not Webster's, but it's an irresistible bribe or offer or some kind of uh piece of content that gives a specific um, piece of value to the prospect in exchange for their contact information. Right. So, so people could be a video where you're mm -hmm. explaining 
um, say you're, I use dry cleaners as an example a lot. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. So let's say you're the local dry, because I, and then the reason I do know why is because I don't believe they think about using online channels um, yes. that, that local service businesses like that don't think about using online channels because they think it doesn't matter to them. So let's say you're the local dry cleaner and you do a series of videos about how to get certain stains out of certain types of um, fabric, right? Mm-hmm. So cotton versus rayon versus linen and it chocolate versus ketchup versus, you know, red wine. You could have your little set of lead magnets and you know that we're all going online and searching for solutions to our problems. How do I, how to, if you just type in how to in the Google browser, a gazillion mm-hmm. things will come up as mm-hmm. suggestions about, you know, oh, were you looking for this, you know, mm-hmm. before you finish typing out your whole sentence. And those are lead magnets mm-hmm. for the dry cleaner. And I'm sure Carrie and I could go on and on for all kinds of businesses <laughs> all day long with simple little lead magnets. It doesn't have to be an overwhelming, um, difficult or time consuming thing to figure out. No, you're absolutely right. And you know, um, uh, oftentimes when people come to me in the service business, like, uh, you know, like for instance, um, a client I was working with, uh, just, just recently, they had a book and their book was to drive leads to, um, an opt-in for a free membership. And they're like, well, that's all we have. That's our core offer. Like we, we don't have a lead magnet. We don't have a tripwire. We don't have, and what we ended up doing, and I would argue, yes, you do. We just have to get creative. So if you're sitting here listening to to us talk about that and you're like, what? I don't have that. I would say, you know, I have yet to come up with a business or hear of a business that, that can't come up with something. Right. Um, And again, it can be, it could be a quiz. It could be a PDF, a video, so on and so forth. Yep. So um, the next step is a tripwire. And what a tripwire is, is it's an affordable offer between a dollar or $20, you know, it can be, it can be higher than $20. But if you're talking about, you know, for instance, like your dry cleaner example, if they had, um, you know, stain remover that you could pre-treat, you know, your fabric for, and they opted in to get that freebie on how to get ketchup out. And then all of a sudden a tripwire would be, Hey, um, we have this stain stick that you can put in your purse and for $4, we'll, we'll ship it out to you. That's a tripwire. Right. Now, who's not going to spend four dollars, ladies, to put you know put a stain stick in your purse so when you're out you know having fun and you spill something on that brand new white blouse, you can't you know treat it right away. Especially, um, especially after they've just admitted they need help because they have a stain. Yes, right. So exactly. they've just exhibited the behavior that they need your product for. Mm-hmm, so they're they're mm-hmm. pre qualified right there. Yep. Exactly. Yep. So you're. And, and, and what's happening is now they just met you, I'm going to say, with that lead magnet. So they're knowing and liking you and trusting you. Um, you sell them this product. And here's, what's, here's what happens with, um, with a tripwire. It's, it's a powerful, magical moment. That prospect just became a client of yours for $4 or for $5 or for $6. Now, are you making money on that? Probably not. But what is happening is you're starting to build that relationship to where they know, like, and trust you more. And they're probably going to now come to you using the dry cleaner um, example to now dry clean that blouse after that stain stick was on, you know, after they pre-treated it. Mm -hmm. Um, So there's something magical 
magical about taking a prospect to getting them to spend, even if it's a dollar, you know, you see these do dollar trials all the time. That's why, because, you know, we want that engagement of, will you trust me with, with some money? And even right. if it's a dollar, that's a big step in a relationship. Right. Right. Um, so then the, the fifth step is, you know, selling finally, now you can sell that core offer. So again, going back to the dry cleaner example, you know, the ad that we would have put out isn't, Hey, come, you know, bring your three shirts in and get the fourth one for free cleaned. It was, let me show you how to, um, get ketchup out. Then it's, let me show you how to pre-treat it for, you know, three or $4. And now that core offer is, hey, if you bring in your three shirts, we're going to give you that fourth one for free. Right. And suddenly that seems more valuable because of the relationship that I've just built with you. It feels exactly. like it feels like you're doing something special just for me, yes. as opposed to the, the push out of the, you know, 20% off your purchase, which is yes. for anybody. And you don't really mm -hmm. care who they are. Right. something even more personal about it, even though it's not, it's not all that personal. Mm -hmm. Well, and then your competitor gets to say, well, I'm going to do 33% off. And then you get into these bidding wars of, you know, with your competition of how much off you're going to do. Right. And then you have to come back around and say, okay, well, we're better in service. Well, I'm better in service. And this just levels the playing field. You know, it's, right. I, I like to use the analogy. If you were to walk into a bar and see your soulmate across the room, you wouldn't go up and say, hey, you want to get out of here and marry me? No, that's like creepy. And they would probably throw their drink in your face type thing. Um, but it's, you know, hey, you know, can can we can we have a conversation? And can I buy you a drink? And can I take you to dinner? And then it's, do you want to, you know, can I ask you to marry me? And then you get married type thing. Right. So right. I think all too often people in their marketing, because they had to, because that was an old traditional way to do it, are walking in and saying, Hey, will you marry me before they even know your name? Right. And, and everything that you've described so far has gone, has been building blocks towards a relationship with your customer as mm -hmm. opposed to just, um, you know, gathering numbers, making it a numbers game without ever having that relationship. Right. And that's, again, that's the CVO. That's the whole purpose behind the CVO process because, you know, think about it. People who you have a relationship with, you're going to go to them first before you go to someone you don't know. And so whatever your business is, if you can create that relationship and it's so much easier to do it now with all the social media, um, blogs and, you know, all the different ways that we can create these relationships with people, right. um, you know, it's so much easier to do. So then, you know, the next, the next step is thinking about that profit maximizer. Um, you know, most businesses don't have the tripwire or the profit maximizer. They live and die by the core offer, which they're really leaving a lot of money on the table. Um, you know, a couple quick examples here, you know, you walk into McDonald's, they sell you a hamburger, you know, they're making their money on the fries and the Coke. That's their profit maximizer. Um, electronic stores, you walk into a, a Best Buy, um, there's ultra thin margins on, on TVs and, you know, the bigger electronics. That's not where they're making their money. Where they're making their money is on the warranties and the installations and uh, that sort of thing. Okay. Okay. So, you know, um, I like to use this analogy too. When you walk into Starbucks, I think every Starbucks has this. I know all the ones that I've gone into. I always look. And if you look up on the top shelf, uh, you know, behind behind the register, there's probably one of those really fancy $1,000 um, espresso machines. Right. Now, you're not going into Starbucks to 
make coffee. You're going into Starbucks because you want a quick cup of coffee or you want the grounds and, you know, head home. And they probably only sell, I don't know, I'm guessing one or two, maybe a year, maybe every other year, but they have it sitting on the shelf. So if that person comes in um, and buys that, there's high margins on that, you know? So again, any, I would challenge that every business out there can think about what their profit maximizer would be. And you just have to, you, you just have to get creative with it. You know, um, we could sit here and brainstorm a bunch, but I'm sure, I'm sure we're starting to run out of time here. <laughs> and then Plus, we seven- have to let the audience do a little bit of the work, right? They've got, they got to be invested in this process. People, you got to be invested in it. So uh, you got, you got to sit down and be creative with your, your staff and your, and your friends and supporters. Yeah. Yeah. And then the seventh step is really to create that return path. And so what do I mean by that? Well, again, increase the number of transactions per customer. And you can do this through the strategic communications that you um, build into um, your the, the first six steps, you know, yeah, and that's remember, reaching out to them. You gave away your lead magnet in exchange for someone's name yes. and email address, mm-hmm. right? It mm-hmm. wasn't... Um, there was an ex- there was a barter that went on there, you know. Yes. I'll help you with your problem, but will you please allow me to call you by your first name and send yes. you email, right? So that that was the barter that happened. Yep, absolutely. Yep, it's a it's that give and take. You know, I'm going to give you something, you give me something, right. and now I want to keep I want to keep showing you. And here's here's when I when people bristle about this, I then I ask them, look, do you believe in your product? And everyone's always like, yep. I'm like, do you have a good product? Yep. Okay. Are you reaching everyone who needs your product? The answer is always no. Well, you owe it to the person that your service or product solves their problem to get in front of them. And, you know, with the, with all the noise on the webs, you know, you have to be creative and figure out a way to do it. And this works. It just works. And it, you know, it takes some time and testing and, and you mentioned early on knowing your numbers, um, you know, it's one of those things I'm working with a client right now and their marketing is in my opinion, upside down. And, and they were getting ready to send out a new campaign tomorrow, as a matter of fact. And I said, okay, let's just try the CVO process. Um, and it was painful for the last week to, to switch the mindset, to step through each one of these, um, thought processes and create a campaign. Um, but, you can do it, you know, you, right. you can do it. And, and then you just have to test, you know, Oh, the tripwire didn't work or it worked great. Maybe I can increase that price, you know, and play with the pricing, play with that lead. Mm-hmm. How, how much, um, how many people need to interact with your lead magnet before you can determine whether you should be making changes? Oh gosh. Well, you know, I'm going to say that depends upon your market. You know, if your market is a small niche, you know, I I would say percents, um, you know, conversion rates are, gosh, when you talk to different markets, they're really all over the place. At least that's what I have found. I would say if you're getting response and, you know, let's say you send a lead magnet out and you target, I don't know, a thousand people and you get a hundred people opting in for it. I would say that's working. Now, you might want to tweak it a little bit to see if you can get 200 the next time. And if you tweak it and you go down to 50, don't throw it don't throw it away, you know, right, go right. back and and play with it again. And that's the beauty of this lead magnet stuff is you can actually have three or four different angles um of a lead magnet out there to see what resonates because typically 
um, people's products or services solve multiple problems. So if you create a lead magnet, I'm not trying to get too deep here, but if you create a lead magnet for each one of those, you'll, you're going to see different return rates on that, but that's just because of the problem that you were talking about. Right. And it's seasonal, you know, it's seasonal too. Right. That's a, that's a very good point that it can be seasonal Mm -hmm. and something that, that I talk, I talked about in the book and I talk about on, on this podcast is having, um, customer personas. So let's say at the mm-hmm. very least, this dry cleaner has one male and one female sort of ideal customer. I mean, we, Carrie and I are, are girls, so we keep talking about, you know, getting something out of our blouse or out of our pocketbook, but the guys, you know, get the ketchup on their tie, right? Yeah. So that's, that's a whole nother, um, little path that you could be following without a lot of extra work. Mm-hmm. It's the same sort of information. You're just saying, here's how you're going to get it out of this blouse, and here's how you're going to get it out of this tie. And maybe it's two videos and two different landing pages, and, but mm-hmm. it's the same sort of information and the same kind of funnel. And uh, you get to tweak them and, and see what's happening. Yeah, and you know that's a great point that you bring up as we were talking about ladies. And now if all of a sudden you target the men and it doesn't work, it doesn't mean that the lead magnet didn't work. What means is your audience are the female audiences. They're buying it for their husband to stick in their suitcase when they travel. Or, you right, know, that, that right. very well could be a product that men use, but the purchaser of the product is the female is or the vice lady. versa. Right, right. Yeah, yeah good point. Now, yeah. um, I, I can tell already you and I could talk all day long, but we want to, <laughs> we want to be fair with people's time. We've already been talking mm-hmm. for a while. So you had mentioned... Um, while you were going over this client value optimization idea and the, the seven step process to putting Uh a a campaign together that, um, first of all, I want to know where people can find you online so they can look you up and you had this list somewhere that, that we could look at so that people can get into it a little more deeply. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you can find me at my website, www.smartmarketingconsulting.com. Com. I know that's a mouthful, um, but smartmarketingconsulting.com. If you text the word value, surprise, surprise, V-A-L-U-E, to 58885, um, I will uh, have an email sent out to you. And in that email, um, you'll have um, what I call an avatar worksheet. So you can really sit down and dissect who your target audience is. Um, I have the actual map. The, the CVO map that we just talked about with a lot of boxes and lines. And so you can visually see what I just talked about. Mm-hmm. And then um, I'll go ahead and add, um, we talked about the, the, um, the parameters of, of finding the, the right market. So your listeners can have that as well. Very nice. So people, as I tell you, if you're on the treadmill, I never want you to get off. And if you're driving, <laughs> no worries uh, that you couldn't uh, pick up a pencil and write this down. You can always come back to actlocalmarketing.com and look up this particular episode. A, a good word to search would be carry, C-A-R-R-I-E, because there are not, uh, you might be the only carry on this particular ah. website now that I think about it. I'm not sure that I've ever interviewed anyone else named Carrie. But, um, or you could look up smart marketing. There's a lot of ways that you could search the website. You will find this particular episode and I will have links um, so that you can get back to Carrie Smith. And her website again is smartmarketingconsulting.com. No worries. I will be able to uh, link you back to that. And um, I think that is it. That's a lot to chew on. That's a lot for Mm -hmm. people to think about. Right, Carrie? 
Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, a, this it's is a lot to put together. It is. And, and, you know, don't think that you're going to sit down in 10 minutes and figure it out. I mean, right. this, you know, this, this, this is a project. process. Yeah. Yes. This is a little project for you, you know, tackle yes. it a, a little bit of time. How do you eat an elephant? That's one of my favorite, yes. um, you know, visions. How do you eat the elephant? You're going to do it one bite at a time, but it's certainly worthwhile to do. And, and think about it. any, any project that you've accomplished is, it's always a good feeling, right? When the project's mm-hmm. over, imagine mm-hmm. if the project is actually, what we say in marketing, uh, evergreen. Mm-hmm. In other words, once you've done it, it never really gets old. It just continues to work for you with maybe a little tweak here or there. That's the kind of project that's absolutely worth spending your time on because it is going to pay you back time and time and time again forever, which is why we call it evergreen. So That's a great point. Yeah, yeah. great point. So it's really worth putting the time in uh, to get it done. So, Carrie Hartunian-Smith from Smart Marketing Consulting, thank you so much for coming to Act Local Marketing today. Thanks for having me. It's been fun. I thank you very much. And those of you out there, remember, we release new uh, episodes on Tuesdays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time. And until we speak again, I would very much like you to take care. Join Kaylin for more marketing madness each week on Act Local Marketing. It will leave you with more ideas, more understanding, and more knowledge about why and how harnessing the internet gives you the power to bring your business to the next level. Act Local Marketing for Small Business goes live every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern and can be found on iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, and at actlocalmarketing.com. Have a question for Act Local? Email Kaylin at ask at actlocalmarketing.com. That's A-S-K at actlocalmarketing.com. And she may answer you right on air. Make sure to include your name and business website for a free shout out. Don't forget to tell your friends and colleagues about Act Local and leave Kaylin a review at the iTunes store. See you next time on Act Local Marketing for Small Business.